The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. This is Chris Chavez, one of your hosts, joined by your second host, Sean Fritz. Second host? Host with the most. You had to wait for it, so it's not quite second best. It's the first best because you had to wait a little longer for it. Or, I don't know what, don't don't know you what wait any of that for means. for the best? Isn't that, is it the best, you know, the thing you wait most for? Like in the oh, I know what it is. Second host. I'm the opening same act. As, bro. Same as the first. I'm the opening act. Like when they announce me, it's because I'm the opening act, and you're the main event. The closer. That's why yeah. you get named. They got second. A, they got to clear the uh, well. You know, in movies, when they say and featuring this person at the end, it's because they're the most famous. So you're yeah. welcome, America. Basically, you're our feature presentation. I am. I'm the I, main event. I was there to wet their whistle, and now you're about to. You're you're here to clean up. I am. Not only am I batting cleanup, I'm batting last. And your cleanup pitcher. Is that what they call the pitcher? No, the close. What do they call the closing pitcher? The closer. The save. They're just the closer. Yeah. They what get was the save. Name? Rivera. Rivera. Mariano. Mariano Rivera. Mariano, they, yeah. Yeah. Well, Bobby Thigpen before him. <laughs> I just uh, know Mariano from the Yanks. Yeah. The last player to wear number forty-two. And isn't he considered one of the greatest closers? Or yeah, right. Yeah. That was his consistent. Thing. Greatest consistent ones. And like I said, the last person to wear number 42. What does that mean? Jackie they Robinson. Reti- they just retired. It? They retired the whole number because throughout all of baseball because of Jackie Robinson. Throughout all of baseball? Really? Uh, Major League Baseball. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, but, I got you. But, and, and they have a Jackie Robinson day once a year where everyone wears 42. Did not know that. Yeah, you know, you don't have a baseball team in your town. So, you know. Uh, we do now. We have the Buffalo Blue Jays. Oh, because they're <laughs> not allowed in Canada. Yeah, they're playing here. They're playing at, at Coca-Cola Field. Our our uh, Buffalo Bisons. Ooh, yeah, the Triple A team. Is it Triple A? Double A? What's the? I don't know, dude. You're you're the baseball guy. I wouldn't. No, know. What's the one a? just below the the majors? Oh, the Triple A. Yeah, Triple A. I think it's the Mets. The Mets Farm League is is our team. Okay. I believe. I can't. I believe so. Actually, I do. I do believe so. Um, anyway, bet you these baseball players aren't painting up their faces and looking for a rumble. <laughs> no, hard pass on that. I mean, although that would be entertaining. <laughs> one day, right? One day you at have... every baseball field, it's 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 the Warriors Day. And, and they all come like out the painted warrior. up. <laughs> even better, dude. <laughs> come even out shaking better. your bat. Oh my god, even better. Um there you have it, folks. We're done. Bit of a little bit of slip. We talked <laughs> yeah. about what we were talking about. We're all done. No, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. We're checking out, and I want to talk. I'm going to call it what 
Google calls it. If you look it up on Google, it calls it a 1979 action mystery. That's that right. A mystery. An action mystery. We checked out the Warriors. These are the armies of the night. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The Furies. The Boppers. The Hi-Hats. The Lizzies. The Turnbull ACs. The Gramercy Riffs. Riffs! And these are the Warriors. We know about the Warriors. They're a heavy outfit. They're from Coney Island. Warriors? You guys are the big dudes, huh? Now, they're in the Bronx. We're going back. 27 miles behind enemy lines. It's the only choice we got. Between them and safety stand 20,000 cops. <laughs> and 100,000 sworn enemies. I want them all. I want all the Warriors. They've got one way out. They've got one chance. They've got one night. The Warriors. Come out to play. Some of us checked it out for the first time. That was your first time? That was this, uh, you know what? As I was watching it, as I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, Chris, you have to try to be critical and be fair with this because when you watched the never ending story, as much as you loved it, like there were things that stood out and you had to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And watching this movie, it's obvious that there's something here. But I thought to myself, I wonder what it'd be like for somebody who's never seen this before to watch this now and be like, what is going on here well let me tell you chris let me tell you something brother (laughs) this was your first time Mm -hmm. you weren't expecting this um or did you know some of this did you like did you were you did you know what you were getting into to a degree i mean we'll we'll probably hit on hit on some of the things as we call as we talk about each one but you know like the the bottles at the end i thought were bottle caps I thought I had heard okay. someone say, I mean, I've heard that clip before. I thought mm-hmm. that someone was, you know, bottle caps, like they were poker chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, it wasn't that at all. Um, you know, pointy chin, Luke Perry and his, uh, <laughs> you know, and his overzealous chewing of the scenery. Like he puts anybody, I mean, he puts like Robert De Niro to shame and analyze this. You know, with a lot of the scene chewing, scenery chewing in this. This is going to be so good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Dude, let's get right into it then, because there's a lot to talk about here. And, oh, man, I'm excited to hear it from your perspective now. I I thought you'd seen this already. So Mm. this is going to be awesome. This is the next few that we have coming up. I've not seen. So you're in for a treat, Chris. Let's do it. So let's get right into the plot. This movie is strictly a story about 
a gang in New York that's invited to, um, I don't know, what did you call it? Like a rally of gangs? It was like a, like a meeting, like a, like a summit, I guess yeah, you could a say. Summit. That's the one, yeah. summit. Yes. Yeah, so these guys are all summoned to Van Cortlandt Park and it's nine delegates are being summoned from each gang and they're not allowed to bring weapons. And they're all here to show up because Cyrus wants to kind of offer them this idea that if we stop fighting each other, we could present such a threat to society as it is now that we could rule the city. And that's his, his offer to them. And so everybody's behind him. They're cheering. They're going nuts. And one of these guys in the, in the crowd pulls a gun and shoots Cyrus and everyone freaks the fuck out. Right. And the same guy who did the shooting frames the warriors points at one of the warriors guys and says, Hey, that was the guy. That's the guy who killed Cyrus. And so that's it. There's mass chaos. Cops are showing up. Everybody's freaking out, trying to get out. Warriors are trying to scramble and get out of there. And every, the word gets around quick that the warriors are the one that killed Cyrus and everybody out there should keep an eye out. And I'm, I'm assuming, cause I, it wasn't super clear, but the guy that we saw put out the hit on the warriors seemed to be like the second in command for Cyrus. Like he was stepping up. Yeah. I think that's that the mirror man, you know, at first I'm like, is that Denzel? Because you see him from like such an, like, I know it wasn't, but like from the angle that you see him and the lack and, you know, he's wearing sunglasses. I'm like, that's gotta be a pretend Denzel. It's pretendzel <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> There's some, yes. Pretendzel decides, you know, listen, we're going to go after the warriors. And somehow he knows somebody who knows somebody that can pass the word on to a DJ, because now we get this character, this DJ that plays a part throughout this movie. And she's not calling, just any DJ. Who is it? The chief from Carmen San Diego. Is it? Fucking air right, doggy. Oh my god, that's freaking <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah, so she's and how I love it, dude. I love the idea that she does this kind of call out and says, Hey, you boppers. That's what they call gangs, these gangbangers. They call them boppers back then. Uh, you know, if you're out there and you see the warriors, go after them, right? And she plays music that calls them out. There's nowhere to run to, right? You can't it's hide. So much talking in code, though, too. And I loved it. Yes. It was like, wow. And the idea now is that. The warriors have to figure out how to get from the Bronx back to Coney Island, to Brooklyn, um, which is, you know, so many miles away. And they typically take the train three miles, 30, oh, 30 miles. Yeah. 30 miles away. They have to take trains and there's always these reasons that they can't stay on the train. They got to get out and continue to kind of walk the streets and come across turfs and interact with other gangs. That's the story while they're trying to avoid being murdered uh, because they're framed. Um, and it all culminates to an ending where the the killers of Cyrus's gang, the, the gang that was part of the killing, face off with the warriors, and uh, it's it's a it's a grand old time on the beach. Um, so that's the plot, man. These guys have to make their way back to Coney Island, and they got to come across all these different groups of 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 gangs. What are you thinking, dude? What are you thinking when you're watching this? When you start first immediately, right? It, the style of it is kind of comic booky. Right. And this is a Very. comic book movie if you really kind of look at it. Very mm -hmm. colorful characters, things you don't normally see in real life. Right. But still kind of real life. Um, what'd you think, dude? So uh, the plot I thought was was really solid. I mean, it was very interesting, very engaging. Um, you know, you're like, you're wondering what the next thing that's going to happen. You're like, I mean, the plot is 
is basically we got to get the hell out of Dodge. Let's mm-hmm. fucking go. And oh, the cast of characters that they see along the way, like all these different gangs, not the ones that were at the at the the summit, because those were just a bunch of normal folks. But man, we got like people that I mean, every well, time some of them saw, were there, but they, they don't really focus on them as much yeah, until you come true. across them. But when boy, you should have heard the commentary <laughs> that I was laying down when, when as they showed different gangs, like there is a gang that paints their faces on baseball team. Yeah, half and half, and they wear like 1940s style baseball away uniforms, which pinstripes. is a bold move. They're the pinstripes too, so you know it's Yankee style. Mm, they were the Joe DiMaggio's when I when I saw them. <laughs> um, they uh, and they carry around baseball bats. By the way, can't fight to save their lives, and they no, no. wonder they have baseball bats. I love that they when they switch like the dude. There was one scene where. Uh, they're fighting, you know, the leader, the the second in command leaders fighting one of the guys, and they're they're so close to each other. But when the guy goes to swing, he pulls back to swing so that he mm-hmm. can. I'm like, what is that? Who pulls back when they swing? <laughs> he had bad form. He couldn't step. That's great, dude. You got to yeah, step yeah, with your lead yeah. foot, and he just he was out of out of form. Um, there was that was a, a good gimmick, though, dude. It's a cool gimmick. So like many gimmicks, old like, school baseball uniform team coming out of like. And then they, the fact that they paint their faces up, man. I don't know. I it's, thought it was kind of cool. Like the kind of mime baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, no. And there were mimes too. Remember? There was, there was real was mimes weird. as well. That is a bold look. Okay. <laughs> Berets, white faces, French, the, the, the classic French mime. Um, there, was, roller, there was the roller skating team. The guys the, on roller Just the skates. one guy was in roller skates. Oh, you're right. He was. That's... <laughs> what the heck? And they're all wearing overalls though. They were the farm boys when when I saw them. Um, They go to the roller skating rink on Thursdays because it's half off. And, uh, you know, they get off school early so they can. Everybody has a backstory in my world. (laughs) I should just roll audio for you every once in a while. Like, hey, you should listen to this stupid shit. Um, There was, yeah, there was the orphans with the leader that had a lazy eye. You mean the Ross from Friends gang? (laughs) They were all Rosses. A bunch of Rosses, dude. Uh, Ross from Friends, Ross from The Tonight Show. You you know the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you said you weird. said the Baseball Furies, the Lizzies were the ladies. Uh, the Punks. There was a, a band. There was a gang called the Punks, just called the Punks. Don't know which one that was. Um, and then the Gramercy Riff. So the Riff was basically the ones that were trying to avenge Cyrus's death. Yeah, they were. Uh, they had quite a few people in their ranks. There was um there's a lot of characters in this, but when you look at the movie poster, if 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 you have a magnifying glass, you look at the movie poster, you look at the opening, like I said, this immediately wants you to already feel like you're reading a comic book. It wants you to realize like we're gonna go into a world that is familiar. This is New York City, this is the 70s, this is the subways, this is the streets, this is the grime and the dirtiness that the 70s New York had but it's also colorful. It's characters that you typically wouldn't see. Like, dude, you're not going to see, you know, these guys walking down the street as, as a real gang to be taken seriously and feared wearing old school baseball uniforms, having faces painted up. I mean, it's just not happening, but you have to set that aside and kind of jump into this with that. These are characters in this comic book style movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was with the girl? Tell me what your thoughts on Mercy were. What she, like she was the girlfriend or sister of the the, the orphans, the Rosses. 
I, I don't know if she was that or if she was just playing the bigger, better game. Um, bigger, better is a fun game, by the way. Uh, in this one, she was playing bigger, better as in like, what's Bats? the, no, what's <laughs> what, uh, the, what is the better scenario that I can work my way into? And, um, but bigger, better in my twenties was early twenties is let's take, it was, it was a game. It's like, let's start out with this. I'm holding up theater of the mind, this computer mouse. Mm-hmm. How can I take this mouse and trade it to somebody for something bigger or better? And you just continue to play the game throughout the course of an evening. One time we started with like a really tiny lunch bag. There's insulated little Velcro open and closed lunch bags, the ones that you can collapse. Mm-hmm. We ended the night with one of those lift open the lid sprite, like up to your, above your waist, put a whole bunch of ice and put a whole <laughs> bunch of drinks in it. Sprite on the side, like those displays you see in the middle of Walmart uh, or gas stations, but yeah, the, <laughs> uh, or convenience stores. But we ended up with that from a small lunch pail. Or like a little nice. collapsible lunch button. We're like, so she's just weird. trading up. Apparently, uh, mm-hmm. according to Wikipedia, she's the girlfriend of the orphans leader. So she was like, she was looking at the orphans leader, who everybody kept saying they're kind of wusses, right? Then she's looking at the at the warriors, and she's like, okay, the war. Even the name, the warrior, sounds tougher. Then she's looking at her boyfriend, like, you got a lazy eye, and this <laughs> dude over here kind of looks like Brad Pitt. So. uh I'm going to go with the warriors. You're right. She's a trader upper. Yeah. She's, uh, she's moving on up. <laughs> um, yeah, this is straightforward, man. It's, it's about following them along this journey. There's not much dialogue. I mean, there's dialogue throughout this, but not much. A lot of it's watching them walk, watching them react to things, watching them fight, try to avoid fights, try to avoid police. It's a lot of the movie. It's a, it's like wizard of Oz. You're just following them on a journey. Yeah. And, and it was a very engaging journey, you know, just the, it's almost one of those uh, intense comedy of error type things. Yes, You know, they have to get off at this, the, they got to get off here and switch trains. When you know, when they get off here at this station, the, the tracks are on fire. Yeah. And there's a, and the ones who made the comment, like, it makes you wonder why they're on fire. Like, was it done on purpose and whose gang turf are we at now? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like real danger, right? Like at the beginning, their leader, Cleon, is, we're assuming, beaten to death, killed, right? Well, we never see anybody that that gets forcibly split from the group. We see the other dude gets thrown onto in, in front of a subway train by a police officer. Yeah, that's intense. <laughs> One way of putting it, right? Um, but yeah, we get to see all these kinds of crazy parts to this. We see the parts where... Uh, we got to remember that these guys are criminals. These guys are thugs and kind of dirt bags, right? They're gawking through the park and there's a woman sitting on the bench and the one dude's like, let's go rape her. Basically, less, yeah. let's go rape her. And, and like, aren't you guys down, right? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, at least from my opinion, my preference, I'm not, by the way. So please don't ever ask me that in public. I'm going to hot take, Chris. <laughs> I'm not a rapist, but that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it turned it turned out to uh, kind of bite him in the ass as it was an undercover cop. Yeah. Um, we, we were sitting here thinking that that was a like a like another a gang. Yeah. So yeah. did I. Well, initially, when you watched it, that's your first thought is that that's what's coming. That's what's coming with this. And then, yeah, we get all the way to 
the end the ending to me is fun and it's 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 fun but it's it's also kind of anticlimactic there's like you don't really see anything go down you just hear him kind of scream as the as the riffs you know descend upon him what i find interesting at so the whole setup nine delegates no you know no heat no strap no nothing when they get back to coney island into their abandoned base whatever where's all their weapons yeah um where's everybody else in the gang or is it a gang of nine where's everybody and where's their weapons like they get back but they have to like rip pipes apart Mm -hmm. and and pull shit off walls as weapons unless that was their weapon those were their weapon they didn't carry anything so they couldn't be I'm assuming that they didn't get to their actual hideout. Like they're still making their way there, but you know, these guys were behind them and trailing them. So it's like, we're not going to get there. Let's make a stand here. And that's what that was kind of a, that kind of deal. Um, True. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, Anything else you want to say on the plot? I liked it. I mean, I thought it was good. It was, you know, it was engaging, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite good. I thought sweet. Let's get into the cast. quite a cast when you have all of these names dude um we will open with let's start with cleon man he's the leader of the group and he's the first person we see talking aside from the narrator right we see this guy talking oh let's go to that real quick the the narration part how cool is that that that's just kind of like um you know comparing it to an actual historical event where this kind of army you know had to do something kind of like this make their way through enemy territory right mm-hmm uh, so Cleon is the first person we see with his, um, I don't know what that would be, like some sort of Middle Eastern head garb happening. It, it was something like it, <laughs> it was almost like he wore like a, like a skull cap, but underneath it, he had, you know, how people will wear a baseball hat when they do yard work, but they'll also mm-hmm. put a towel underneath it. Yeah. This was like a cheetah printed handkerchief that he wore <laughs> underneath his like. headband or hat. It kind of reminded me of the Iron Sheik. Oh my goodness. Like the head headdress of the Iron Sheik. Which but, is a towel with a with a headband around it at its most basic um configuration. I, dude, I have to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this across everybody in this movie on the acting. Um there was a lot of moments where it just felt like it was almost robotic that they were just kind of delivering lines a certain way, right? Every, Especially at the beginning of that, um, where they're just kind of looking so, at each other. There was so much of a stoic attitude from everybody. I mean, like Swan's like... I'm Very so- deadpan. Hello, my name is Steve. I used to be addicted to crack, but now I'm off the streets and selling magazines. Would you like to buy some? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's like, man, I'm not just... He brings them... Okay, we're not talking about office space. Um, but no, we did that. Yes. Check the archives. It's very much that kind of... Like, I was as I was watching it today, I was like, okay, I have to make a comment on this because anybody who's watching this new would be like, why are... What's wrong with these people? What's, what's with the delivery? Why are they talking this way but it does have that kind of 70s feel to it too so there's that you know you kind of you give it an excuse it's not like it came out 2020 and they're doing it that way they're not as dynamic as they could be and it's definitely not improv so so i mean there's there's something a little bit more natural about improving your lines or just being a lot of these guys it's their first film that's true very much true you know um 
What would you say if Tony Danza would have been in this movie? Dude, did he really try to be in this movie? They tried to have him in this movie. As Swan? He... No. Who was Vermin. he going to be? Do you know? Vermin? Oh, Vermin. <laughs> He's the one who really wants to hook up with the ladies in the subway. He's making out with the chick on the on the couch, one of the Lizzie's on the couch. Uh, and then they realize he's about to get killed. That was, uh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, let's go through these actors real quick. Dorsey Wright plays Cleon. Uh, I liked him. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think he had a kind of a charismatic presence on screen. He was very had a charismatic, but you know, he wasn't in it much. He gets kind of knocked off at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of my friend Daryl, who acts a lot of the same way, very to the point, but at the same time, like has a swagger about him. Nice. Uh, Michael Beck played Swan, the, the, the second in command, the guy who kind of takes over and leads the group through New York City to get them back to Coney Island. Uh, like you said, a lot of stoicism happening here, right? There's not much range in terms of, you said stoic, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, but stoicism, I've never heard that term. What is? What would you call it? I don't know. Stoicism? Stoic nature about him? I don't know. Stoic I don't know. nature about mr beck no but yeah dude like i feel like a lot of his delivery was very much kind of like this there wasn't range of emotion Mm -hmm. he well he was also keep in mind responsible for getting these people back to a home and not getting got yeah he's playing a leader he's playing a leader immediately and just not you know trying not to show emotion mm -hmm. and then we get james remar who plays hold on what's up Hold, hold on let's just go through some of his credits here Michael Beck, yeah. What else has he uh, done? Xanadu. Uh, he did. He was in a movie that we will watch one of these days, Chris, uh, called Megaforce. Megaforce. You have Wait, not. Is seen that a it. Power Rangers thing? Uh, it, 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 technically, yes, but not Uh-oh. this one. Oh, okay. He was in not one, not two, but three separate episodes of Murder She Wrote. Hey. Uh, Wes Craven murder she wrote yeah. badge. Wes Craven's chiller featuring formerly okay. reviewed actor Paul Servino. Um, and then the PS de resistance, Chris. Not in the heat of the night, not an episode of Babylon 5, two episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, good lord, <laughs> he's made it. That's when he calls his home and he's like, I made it, Ma. Yeah, I'm retiring. Oh, man. Uh, all right, next, James Remar. He played Ajax, who was basically the star scream to Michael Beck's swan, Megatron, mm-hmm. right? Like, this was the guy that he wanted to be in charge and wanted to step up and challenge him immediately and then uh, gets shut down. But throughout the entire thing is constantly questioning him. Why are we running? And this is the guy that wanted to basically go rape the the undercover cop in the park. Yeah. I mean, he played he's him made... great. He looked like a dirt bag, acted like a dirt bag. I thought he played this character great. Oh, yeah. And uh, let's be honest here. Uh, a couple words that come out. Of, well, same word that comes out of his mouth a few times. Probably not appropriate in 2021. No, dropping mm. that F slur yeah. for uh, for homosexuals. Yeah, that that uh, mercy was played by Deborah Van Valkenburg. This was her first role, and she would go on to be on a, a TV show. Um, what was it called? Too, too close for comfort? No. Mm-hmm. Was it too close for comfort? Yeah. What'd you think of her performance? This being her first film, I thought it was very good. I mean, she—they probably just said act like an asshole, and she's like, "I got that down." 
Yeah, she seemed um, like she came from the streets. She seemed like like that was her like her environment. Like they, it's almost like they saw her out there, maybe talking this way and walking with some of the gangs, and said, "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" And she was like, "Sure." That's how she came across. Very authentic to me. I mm-hmm. I, I thought she did well. Yeah, uh, Hill, the I guess the director wanted to uh, originally wanted a Puerto Rican actress for the role of Mercy. Can you imagine if uh, what's her name? She did look Puerto Rican though, dude, because she, she very looks very much Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, who, uh, Rosie Perez. Can you imagine Rosie Perez? <laughs> <laughs> I think she would have been too young at this time, though. Uh, I don't know. Who Rosie knows? Perez. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think she did. She did a good job, Mercy. Mm-hmm. I, I thought so. I mean, she did get less annoying but she was definitely a hangers-on throughout yeah. the movie what'd you think Clingy. of cochise and his headdress <laughs> Jeez, man some of the things in this are weird i think the idea though was to give it these kind of uh larger than life characters in these gangs right give them these nicknames and these larger so the idea was the adornments as well whatever they were wearing you know was going to have this kind because they all had something going on whether whatever their gimmick was for the warriors it was just their their vests but they all had something that kind of fit their nickname like coaches had that you know kind of native american thing going on i don't know what cleon would have been cleo would that be like like egyptian i don't know maybe oh, cowboy wore a cowboy hat cowboy wore a cowboy hat rembrandt was uh was the dude with the the who was told who was told to tag everything he had the mm-hmm. spray paint so he paint, was the painter yeah. who else was i looking at uh snow snow i don't know why they called him snow but he was the dude that was like he would sing he came kind- he wrote the words to, to informer <laughs> he, he he was the guy that, that looked kind of asian kind of african-american he had the mm. he was you know young I mean? yeah very much young and very much his he was one of those ones that when i saw him on screen i was like you could tell he's not used to acting or whatever it was it was very much like deadpan delivery like these are the words i'm supposed to say so well, i think it was also it. it was him and there was uh, uh i think it was fox that were Maybe it was Fox who were just like scared of life. They look like, you know, they're like, Oh no, what's the, um, geez, there's my Paul bear. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Let's see who else was in this movie. Steve James was in this movie. You don't say, you know, who Steve James is. I don't even see him on the list here. Steve oh, James was in the Delta force American Ninja. You ever see those? I'm going to get you, sucker. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, was. He was. Man, he well, died young, man. 41. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is a huge cast. There's a whole bunch of people. But there are some standouts, and there are some people you can forget. Like, eh, you know, I enjoyed the the tough persona of the orphan leader that looked like Ross with a lazy eye. Mm-hmm. Paul Grico. Yeah, Paul Grico. Richard's okay. second brother. Past tense. Greco was greco is past tense of greco no he, <laughs> no i got he, you his existence you. <laughs> is oh here's his record uh, now yeah here's his uh, claim to fame the peak the pinnacle he played the role of new yorker in crocodile dundee oh. <laughs> and then a mere 10 years later he played the role of raul in the cable guy nice yeah there's there's a lot of like bit parts that are played by different people which is kind of fun now my favorite though is the guy who played luther 
the guy who shot Cyrus, mm-hmm. the guy with the Coke bottle fingers who has the most iconic line in the entire film of all time, Warriors come out and play. I love this guy. I love when he plays these kind of unhinged uh, criminals, these gangs, like, you know what I mean? Um, he's also in the first time I ever saw him and he stood out to me was in The Crow. He's he's uh, he plays T-Bird. He played T-Bird. He's the guy that drove the T-Bird in the crow. But David Patrick Kelly, dude, I feel like he is freaking phenomenal in this role. Like this kind of like psychoticness to him, the way he talks, like when he's calling out Mm -hmm. the Warriors and it just gets crazier and crazier and a little bit more maniacal and unhinged. Okay, so this guy is actually m- more decorated than I actually. Oh heck thought. yeah, dude! He's I mean, been in a lot of no, stuff. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like he's been in film, uh, TV, mm-hmm. stage, mm-hmm. and he graduated from college, the University of Detroit. Didn't know that was a thing. I didn't. Know. Magna cum laude. That's that's a sentence. That's that is a sentence indeed. Uh, but yeah, dude, in this in this role, dude, he for me, awesome. I love Luther's character, and I feel like it just helps. This is what really kind of helps a lot of the film. I, it brings almost an authenticity to the craziness of of what we're looking at. He's a legit villain. He's the Joker. Oh yeah, and you know, you know, I joked earlier about it, but he's definitely like pointing pointing chin. Luke Perry is you know what I kept calling him, but he chews like he's got like a buffet of scenery that he's working on all movie long and the car that he drives is just like what is that thing like i stand like wowzers but a lot of these people's vehicles man. <laughs> well yeah i mean the bus that's got all the 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 at the beginning those guys yeah but for me he's the standout he's the top i love the character i love this actor um and yeah so for me when I'm looking at this entire cast and everybody's performance, like I said, there's a lot of these where it felt like they were just kind of reciting the line just to get the take. And then there's a lot of times where they're really into it. And they're and, and, it, and I think it's enough of a, a mix of that kind of delivery throughout the entire film that for me gives it a, um, it gives it a raw feel. It makes it feel a little bit more real. Sure. The characters are colorful, but the danger, the rawness of, new york city right like all of that stuff it's 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 realistic feeling so listen to this just a couple different television roles just a couple uh miami vice moonlighting Mm -hmm. spencer for hire two episodes twin peaks nine episodes Mm. he played a character called double t in five episodes of the 1993 hit pbs show ghost writer you remember that show (laughs) ghost writer like writing yes. a book yeah he was in mad, mad about, about you nice yeah law and order law and order criminal intent gossip girl for three episodes i was gonna say don't miss that gossip girl ma i made it <laughs> law and order special victims unit that's when you know you made it but then like Did you ever see that show bored to death he was in that as well uh i've heard it i've it's never a, it's actually a cool seen show it. it was a cool show i liked it ranks up there with Ernest. hey Vern. it's Ernest. <laughs> no it's it's good but he's like he's just constantly working. Oh, he's in John Wick one and two, but like and, and Malcolm X, such a jo- like a vast range. And that's he just, works that's with not... Spike Lee a lot. He does a lot of stuff with uh, Spike Lee. Okay. Yeah, dude. Yeah, his his. I mean, you look at his thing and it's huge. The Warriors, Forty Eight Hours, Commando, 
Malcolm X, like you said, Crooklyn, The Crow, The Funeral, Last Man Standing, In Too Deep, K-Pax, The Longest Yard. Stuff. Dude, it's ridiculous. Like, can you imagine having that kind of a career? And, he, like, I, and he's still going. I love this dude. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting look, too. Yeah. Anybody else you want to point out before we move on? Um, I don't think. I mean, uh, obviously, Lynn Thigpen. Thigpen. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The DJ. DJ. She had the voice. Uh, you know. She, but the way they they shot that was just, it was sexy and sultry, mm-hmm. and it really fit the vibe of the movie. Like, hey, all you listeners boppers, boppers out there, yeah. but it was just like a, it was like a downward, slightly off center angle, just of her lips. Yeah, it was yeah, cropped yeah, yeah. tight. That's all we got to see, we never saw her face the entire film, mm-hmm. and it it definitely adds a mystique to that. There's the mystery part, Chris. Oh, see, that's what it was. What there does the is. DJ look like? That's the mystery. Watch Carmen San Diego, you'll find out. Yeah, or here you go. Law and order. She's a judge. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, yeah, let's move on to the soundtrack, dude. The music. This had some music in it too. Enjoyable music, if you ask me. They're using, and I love the way it was used in the film to kind of push the story along. Like I said at the beginning of the film, the DJ kind of plays a role in this movie, calling out to the other gangs and kind of taunting the warriors as they go and playing songs that are literally messages to them. Like the very first song she plays them is, you know, there's nowhere to run to, nowhere to hide, right? And and it's perfect. It's it's just, I don't know. For me, the music was so good in this because. The songs worked, and then the score has got this really cool synth kind of, almost like a horror movie style synth. Mm. You know what I mean? That kind of those 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 jabs of strings every time it, it was like stuff was about to go down with the gangs. Yeah, I didn't think about it. that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a uh, it, it think of uh, like a Tarantino film. Yeah the the score influences the score either uh, perfectly complements the scenes or the score furthers the story. And the DJ acted as like a shorthand. Yeah. Uh, I think kind of what a narrator could do, but in to use a different vehicle to convey that, that information and not just a data dump, which eh, can be kind of. Eh. So the score was done by a uh, composer, Barry Devorzen. So uh, he's done a bunch of different soundtracks. He did uh, Cooley High. He did SWAT, The Warriors, Private Benjamin, The Comeback Kid, Xanadu, Simon and Simon, uh, Mr. Mom, Night of the Creeps, and Exorcist 3. So he's, he's there. He's gotten awards. He's won six Emmys, a Grammy for Best Instrumental Arrangement for Young and the Restless. So... Mm. The dude, the dude knows what he's doing as well. So those, you know, that's just the score piece. And then, then we have the, the music too. Like you said, it just, it works so well with this, with this, with this DJ that propels the story. Well, and not only that, it's just the sounds of the city that also help, you know, you hear, you hear very little in the way, uh, or you see very little in the way of street traffic, which is weird for New York city. True. True. But it's a, this movie takes place before our time, both of Except us. Except it says in the future, the little comic book thing. You know, when you're watching the thing, it says in the future. And so maybe it's like in the future, crime in New York's gotten worse by 1979. And so streets are bare. Nobody's out in the streets. They're too scared. This is a 
prequel to the purge is what you're saying <laughs> basically basically <laughs> you want to see what really how the purge started go all the way back to the warriors uh but yeah dude, dude for me the music you know i can't complain about anything on this there wasn't there wasn't anything on this where i was just like oh i'm not i'm not a fan of this it works so well yeah you didn't hear son of a preacher man start to play or um or like uh that cotton eye joe song which <laughs> yeah. would be weird <laughs> yeah no uh let's get into the effects Not much in terms of it's all all is practical. You're not seeing anything. Obviously, 79. Maybe there is some computer stuff that they could start doing. Um, and other, you know, maybe tricks a camera or other kind of effects, but everything in this, there's nothing in terms of 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 flash. This is a straightforward movie that just kind of follows along. I bet you there's zero budget on special effects. There was a small, I mean, the flash of the considers. gun, like the flash of the gun, the the flashbang. No, I'd say um the the uh, blood no special effects uh you know things of that sort i'd say the title sequence which okay. was overly long by the way yeah uh and then the uh the cut to the the rotoscoped still Comic panels book. were um probably the extent of of the special effects or cg yeah. as we would think about it today or um stop motion ed 209s or you know whatever yeah um for me you know nothing again nothing to complain for i know you mm -hmm. said the titles went a little too long i enjoy them i love watching it i love watching that whole intro it feels it like the opening of a comic book it was very repetitive though oh, i yeah. did like the i did like the uh, the depth changes that was kind of cool how you know as it as the train would come closer you would the the title card would come closer yeah yeah the, uh, the the text would get bigger and I'm a huge fan of the actual logo of the Warriors. I love the way it looks spray painted. It's great. And on, you know, red, I'm always a fan of red, you know, titles and stuff for, uh, in movies. I don't know why, but when I see it in red, you know, as opposed to white, uh, yeah, it looks good for me. All right, dude, let's get into our, our, our final thoughts and the review. We're going to put this as best out of five gangster gimmicks. Was that what we said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best out of five gangster gimmicks. This was your first time seeing it, dude. I'll let you hit it first. So it's, it's almost like a fan. Uh, it's a future based, uh, as they say, um, movie that takes place. If you look at it from modern times, probably in the past, because I mean, every movie. So I, I love the fact that this movie takes place so long ago or was filmed so long ago because there's not the lazy cell phone crutch, you know, Oh, let's just get an Uber or yeah. let me call a taxi cab or, or whatever, you know? Oh yeah. And when they're separated, like they can't get in contact, like they're just lost now. Like, I don't know where my buddies are. They could be a block over. They could be 15 blocks over. Mm -hmm. You're right. I love that. Well, and, and even like, they're like, all right, here's our meet point. Here's our backup meet point. Um, and you know, we got to make a decision, you know, cut bait and run I hope we find them somewhere else or you know whatever and it's it's that whole like i got lost at seven years old uh, you know at the beach uh, it, it's that whole mentality of well i hope we i hope we come i hope i come across my parents again because you know it, it's that whole mentality of uh-oh and they're they're being hunted they're being stalked they're being you know, uh, tracked, uh, I guess is the best word because 
it's thought that they, you know, their lives could be in peril uh, because it's believed that they shot somebody. They didn't, spoiler alert. Um, but, you know, the plot, I think, was really well done, was really good, solid. Um, there was some information that was a little unknown, mm -hmm. you know, as far as did they or did they not know that they were being hunted, uh, tracked, um, and, uh, and maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, the soundtrack was really good. We just talked about that. The acting was a little stiff in times, um, very stoic from some characters, uh, a little much from other ones. I'm uh, looking at you, character list. You know who I'm talking about. I'm looking at you, James Remar. Um, but then again, he's been a character actor for how long? And I've not been, so, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, when you, when you think about a movie, uh, so the movie was filmed in New York for the most part. Some of the casting that could have happened, I mentioned Tony Danza, that we're talking a completely different wow. movie at this point. Yeah, wow. Um, you know, and Rosie Perez, that was just me. Being silly. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a, there's a section here in Wikipedia that says in pop culture, that on the 1993 rap album, Enter yep. the Wu-Tang Clan, 36 yep. Chambers. Shame on a new. Mm -hmm. Features the line, Warriors come out and play. Yay, yay. Yep, uttered by, by ODB. ODB. Yes, sir. RIP uh, ODB. Um, you know, Bob's Burgers uh, referenced it in one of their uh, uh, episode called Full Bars. Um, the video game Bully in 2006 put out by Rockstar, which... In 2005, Rockstar put out a Warriors game. Yes, I have never played it. I, I, I heard about it, but obviously I hadn't seen the movie until yeah. this, this past week. So uh, one of the bullies taunts the player, uh, says, Jimmy, come out and play. Mm -hmm. And also most of the game is based on the Warriors, including the idea of multiple different cl uh, cliques serving as That's gangs. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and health bars being similar to those seen in the Rockstar game, the Warriors as well. That's too funny. So, I mean, documented as early as 1985, um, this movie has permeated pop culture. It still does. I mean, there's, you know, can you dig it? We haven't even mentioned that part of it. You know, oh, yeah. You know, the, you know, that guy, man, talk about chewing scenery also. He knew yeah. he only had so much time on screen. He was going to make a, an event of it, dude. Oh, and Cyrus. he did. He set the state. Like, that's really what draws you in. He's just, you're just like, oh, this guy. It's going to be this kind of movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the way he moved his lips around yeah. and, and everything else. Tell me um, he wouldn't be at home on Mr. Han's Island, dude, on Enter I the was, Dragon. <laughs> you know, I was kind of thinking that. What if they had the guy that played um, Shang Tsung as this guy? Yeah, right. With those, like, you're mine. Yeah, dude. Like he, but I don't think he can enunciate and project as well. But like this guy is like, the, I mean, this guy he was Shang Tsung before Shang Tsung. <laughs> gathering the fighters dude he only did three movies by the way oh that's sad um but you know so basically this movie there's a lot going on with it. like when we were done with the movie the three of us watched it i even made the mother-in-law elect watch it by made i mean i'm like i was asked what movie are we watching i'm like this one she's like oh, i don't know about that one i've never seen that <laughs> we watched it and she was she was like in the second, both of them were, were in the second oh, we started nice. watching it. And 
And every once in a while, I got the, he's not a good man. Like from, <laughs> he, he's just not, a, I really need to set up like a camera and just record <laughs> just, just for you. Cause man, like the commentary that happens. Um, but you know, I say all that in such a rambling fashion to say that this was a really solid movie. I really liked it. Um, by the time it was over, like we were all like, Oh, what's, you know, are they going to make it? What, what's, what's this? This guy's crazy. Um, but it was, it was very engaging, very, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot left to figure out yourself. There was no right. leaps of logic. I mean, there was like a couple minor details that somebody could get hung up on like myself. Um, but, <laughs> you know, all in all, I think it was a really solid movie. The acting, yeah, stiff. The, the music, I think more than made up for it. The, the scenery, I mean, it was authentic New York City in the late 70s, um, which is a lot dirtier than it is now. But you could see, like, I've oh, heard it's Central getting Park. worse, dude. I've heard it's going back to '70s New York City. I don't know. I'll be in Amityville at the end of this month, so I'll let you know. Yay! Woo-hoo. Delta variant, here you come. <laughs> Bring it on, Amityville spirits. <laughs> but you know, all in all, I gotta say that you know when we were done with the movie, like we looked at each other and was like, that was a solid movie. Like that was really good. Um, so I gotta give this four point seven five out of five gangster nice. gimmicks nice gangster gimmicks dude you nailed it right on the head man this movie just just you know immediately kind of entered the pantheon of pop culture you know you know and and is going to stay there it's it's considered a cult classic uh so many iconic things about this film have permeated pop culture i love it dude you know and i came in watching it to with this kind of let me just make sure i really you know pick at things too and really notice things as i watch it and as i was doing so i was like man i love these camera angles man i love these shots and sure some of the delivery in this film comes across stiff or or whatever the case is but like i said before i feel like that lends to authenticity and makes it feel like it might almost be documentary style too that we're kind of following some of these actors and actresses who did not go on to become anything too big. So you're wondering to yourself, I mean, were these people that were just kind of maybe in gangs that they used it to make it seem a little bit more authentic, you know? And so obviously the acting doesn't kind kind of come across as Marlon Brando on screen. You know what I mean? The reason they're, they're stiff is because they're being real and this is how they talk. You know what I mean? Um, they did by the way oh yeah 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 exactly and that's what i love you know listening to the music i'm like let me check in on the music let me see how this is and i'm loving it i'm loving hearing those those kind of synth sounds that weird synth stringy kind of stabbing sounds that you hear throughout the film um which you typically hear in a thriller or horror film uh not so much in an action mystery so (laughs) again the colorful cast of characters you know iconic some of them I love it, dude. So much. Not a joke, man. And I don't know if you saw it when you were here last, but next time you're here, you'll, you could take a look at the back wall of my garage. Like the fourth day I moved in, there's this big pegboard that's on that garage. I took a spray paint can and just uh, spray painted the warriors in the same font, the way they do it. I just, I love it. I just, I, it's a movie that I've always loved and you know, it solidified it watching it this time because I'm like you finishing it. I thought to myself, man, I haven't seen it in a while, but watching it now analytically for a show, it's, it's a solid film. This is a really good film. And this is why it's gotten such kind of, you know, accolades and and garnered such a following. It's solid. It's legit, a great story, right? You pull for these guys, even though they're all dirtbags, every one of them is a dirtbag. You still pull for them to kind of get out of this because they're, 
that, you know, they're, they're being chased down unjustly, you know, they were framed. So you do want to pull for them in the end. Um, and I think that says something that says something for the writing and the, and the acting and, and just the execution of the film to get you to care about a whole cast of criminals, basically. Uh, for me, dude, this movie is always going to be a five out of five gangster gimmicks. I love this film. And yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was really interested to see what you, what somebody who had never seen this before would think nowadays. And when you said you didn't, I was like, oh, this would be good. This would be good. So there you go. That's our thoughts on the Warriors. Next week, we're coming back to more gangs, more gangsters. There's never just one gang. No, it's always a bunch of gangs. And these ones, and we're staying in New York, hmm. except we're going to the early days. We're going to the early days in New York. I believe this was the early 1800s or mid 1800s. I thought it was 2002. <laughs> 2002, <laughs> gangs of New York. Is this it, priest? The Pope's new army? A few crusty bitches and a handful of ragtags. I know, Bill. You swore this was a battle between warriors, not a bunch of Miss Nancys. So warriors is what I brought. The O'Connell Guard! The Plug Uglies! The Sharp Tails! The Chichesters! The Forty Thieves! Bene. And my challenge! By the ancient laws of combat, we are met at this chosen ground to settle for good and all! Who holds sway over the five points? Us natives born rightwise to this fine land, or the foreign hordes defiling it? <laughs> Dude, I've seen this movie a few times. Um, and again, another movie I'm really excited to talk to you about and see what you think, because this is a little bit more historic. This is this has got some history in it. So mm-hmm. it's fun. It'll be fun. All right, dude, let's uh, let's close up shop now. You got anything else you want to say before we head out? Delta um, variant style. Yeah, geez. Yeah, there's a Delta <laughs> I was like, variant. dude, we were done with talking about COVID and now we got to start talking Delta. Yeah, uh, be safe, be smart. Even if they don't make you wear a mask, maybe it's a good idea inside to wear a mask. That's all. Yeah, even though they say Moderna and Pfizer's in the high 80 percentage uh, effective against the new Delta, that's still not enough studies to really say what's up. So uh, who knows? If you want to fly Delta, go for it. If you don't, put that mask on. Mm Mm-hmm. So for Sean Fritz, this is Chris Chavez. As always, we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. Check out the website, BICBP-radio.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Until then, it is now time to unsilence your phones. <laughs> <laughs>